L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I tease as we went to break. I mean, there's a lot of drama out there in the NFL quarterback space. And we talked yesterday quite a bit about Deshaun Watson, and I explained to you why I thought Deshaun Watson to the Denver Broncos could make a decent amount of sense. And really, it boils down to the Denver Broncos consistently have not been able to find a quarterback in the draft ever since John Elway retired. And there's a lot of talk when we discuss the Miami Dolphins, oh, by the way, how about Devontae Smith coming out and saying that he thought Mac Jones was a lot better quarterback than Tua? I was kind of surprised that he said that just because he played with both guys and also because I don't think Mac Jones needs to get blown up that much. It seems like he's going to be a clear top half of the first round pick regardless. But that makes me wonder about what they're going to do in Miami. Because if you go back and look at Tua, and I loved watching Tua play, But if you go look at the talent that he had at wide receiver now, I think that the Alabama Crimson Tide in 2019 had the most talented collection of wide receivers in the history of college football. They had, think about this for a minute. They had Jerry Judy, who was, I think, a top 10 pick. They had Henry Ruggs, who ran, what, nearly one of the fastest 40 times that's ever existed, also a first-round pick. They had... uh, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy, the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy since Desmond Howard, all the way back in the year at Michigan. And they also had Jalen Waddell, who came back and played in the national title game and will also be a first-round wide receiver. They had four 
first-round wide receivers. And I'm telling you right now, I'm jotting down a note to myself because sometimes I start talking about a topic and I'm like, damn, that's a good topic. Tomorrow, I am going to talk about that quad of wide receivers and why there may be some uncertainty about Tua after his first year in Miami, partly because he was recovering from that severe hip injury, but also because he had the most talented wide receiver core in the history of college football. I believe that. I really do. But if you look right now at what that Alabama offense was capable of with Mac Jones without Tua, they didn't skip a beat at all. And so I thought that was an interesting comment that Devontae Smith made. I'm going to unpack it a little bit more tomorrow. I'm jotting down a note literally to myself as we are talking because I think it's such an interesting idea. But the most uncertain quarterback position outside of Deshaun Watson, who I think could make sense with the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos are the West Coast version of the Miami Dolphins, a team that for a generation basically has been unable to find a replacement for their first ballot NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. Elway and Marino, and don't tell me that Peyton Manning counts because he was already a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer himself. Credit to John Elway for getting him to relocate to Denver for four years. But that's not the same thing as going out, drafting a quarterback, developing him, and having him turn into a big-time playmaker. So I could see both of those teams, Miami and Denver, getting involved in a big way over Deshaun Watson before it's all said and done. But outside of Deshaun, the biggest storyline, I think, at the quarterback position that is now left in the wake of Carson Wentz's trade, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, all that movement, is what are the Cowboys going to do with Dak? And I think we could almost do an entire show discussing what the Cowboys are going to do with Dak. But my position here going forward is I don't think the Cowboys can give Dak Prescott a multi-year deal. If you were listening to the show yesterday, we had Albert Breer on. And Albert Breer said something really interesting about Dak's contract. He said, look, he's going to cost him if they franchise him $37 million this year. Not a bad payday. I'd sign up for that salary. Going to cost him $37 million this year. Cost him over $30 million last year. And if they tried to franchise him a third time, it would cost them over $50 million. So you are talking about Dak Prescott, who the Cowboys didn't necessarily want to give $100 million, potentially being on track just from his one-year salaries as a franchise-tagged player to make over $100 million in three years with the Dallas Cowboys. And potentially Dak is setting himself up for the Kirk Cousins treatment. If you remember what happened also in the NFC East with the Washington football team, they franchise tagged Kirk Cousins two straight years, and then he went and signed a monster deal with the Minnesota Vikings. And a lot of people out there said, my God, how well did Kirk Cousins play this in order to make as much money as he did? And I think there's an argument out there that Dak and Kirk Cousins are somewhat similar quarterbacks. In that, I mean... They are not top five guys, probably not top 10 guys. We could have an argument about that. Guys that are good, better than anybody else you could go find on the market, but not difference makers who you're going to be talking about 
as great quarterbacks for a decade or more, not Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. Now, Dak's still young, but I think there's an analogy there with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Fame quarterback for purposes of his salary, and I don't blame him at all. As a capitalist, I want an athlete to make as much money as he can off his labor, just like I want to make as much money as I can off my labor. But the difference is, Dak has now had a second surgery. And I don't think you can sign him to a long-term deal. I think you have to bring him back under the franchise tag and make him prove to you that he's still got the ability to play at an incredibly high level. And if you do that, I think what you are basically sending a message to Dak on is that you are acknowledging that you're still not sold. He's your quarterback of the future. And if that happens at this point in time, if I'm Dak Prescott, I want to come back and prove I'm 100% healthy, but I'm also not interested in staying with the Dallas Cowboys going forward because we would have given them, me and my representation, ample times to take care of me like they took care of Amari Cooper, like they took care of, uh, of, of so many different guys on that side of Zeke, on the offensive side of the ball. And you're not willing to pay me who you drafted and got tons of work for for almost no cost. They took care of Tyron Smith. They took care of everybody else on that offense. If I'm Dak, I'm saying, hey, man, I'm out. I'm not rolling with this anymore. I think the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are set up for an incredibly contentious offseason as we continue to roll forward. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy one of the guys that writes regularly at Outkick, appreciate his work. Bobby Barak uh, writes all day at Outkick. You can check him out all the time at Outkick.com. Encourage you to do so. Uh, and Bobby, I wanted to bring you on because there's been a lot of discussion about the radio industry in general in the wake of Rush Limbaugh dying last week and where he fits in in the history of radio and many other aspects he and howard stern sports talk radio uh, i'm going to bring you in to to ask you some questions about that in a moment but i wanted to ask you about this uh as we start off did you see the story about the u.s women's soccer team is now tired of kneeling and so they're going to start to stand up for the national anthem again it got me wondering uh how much of this is just social media driven and it is going to cycle back through where it wasn't very long ago that everybody was saying, oh my God, Drew Brees, it's unacceptable that he said he's going to stand for the anthem. And it feels like to me, and I could be wrong, but I'm curious what you think, that the whole kneeling during the national anthem uh, gesture is pretty much played out because it's become so commonplace and people are like, oh, that's over now. I'm going to go back to standing for the anthem. In other words, the trend was popular for a short period of time, got too popular, and then it just cycles back to the regular universe. Do you think that's where we're headed in the uh, world of sports? You know, I don't know because I think, I think here's an important point to make, and we talked about this this past summer around June, July, that you're right, that kneeling for the anthem was a statement that garnered all sorts of attention. But after Drew Brees, that fiasco, it almost became a statement to stand for the anthem, especially in the NBA. I mean, there was that one player who stands for the national anthem, and that drew all the attention in the NBA when the bubble kicked off this summer. So you're right that I don't think kneeling now it's not shocking. It's not brave. It's not courageous. Like it doesn't in any way to the extent that it ever was when everybody is doing the same thing. It isn't in any way remarkable. And I just thought that was intriguing that the U.S. women just said basically kneeling is a gesture and we're not really interested in just gestures anymore. And so they said we decided we're going to start to stand for the national anthem again. And that's significant to me because the U.S. women had said they had fought to change the rules, which required them to stand for the anthem. And as soon – I really feel like this. As soon as there was nobody to fight against them over it, it was like, well, it's not rebellious to do it anymore. And, and, and one of my buddies had this idea last year. He was like, you know what would absolutely kill kneeling? He was like and, – and I think I've said it on the show before, but it is a funny idea. He was like, 
if Roger Goodell started showing up the commissioner of the NFL and kneeling like at the, at the 50 yard line, like with his fist raised and a black and a black yeah. power salute, like during the national anthem, everybody would be like, man, this is, this is played out. We got old, you know, white rich dudes doing it now. Like, and they move on, right? Just like kids do uh, when, if, if you're, you know, you pay attention, like as soon as your dad or mom get on Facebook, then or your grandma's on Facebook, you're like, I'm not hanging out on Facebook anymore, right? Like it stops to be the cool, stops being the cool place anymore. And I kind of feel like that's what happened with kneeling. It's all of a sudden just going to kind of disappear. Yeah, I like that example. It reminds me of when Snapchat, uh, Snapchat blew up. People were like, well, if my mom and Ann are going to post pictures on Instagram, I'm going to post mine on Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that but kids, fi- kids flee. Young people flee from wherever the old people show up because you can kind of trace the trajectory. Facebook initially was all college kids back in the early days. You had to, in fact, have a .edu college address. And then I remember the controversy as soon as they opened it up to everybody else, it wasn't that cool to be on Facebook anymore and you moved to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever it is. And I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, I was talking to my mom and she said, oh, I saw on Instagram that you won Fox Bet the the crown this week on your TV show. And I was like, you know, my, my mom, if she's like keeping up with everything on Instagram, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there like, you know, it's time to move on from, from Instagram. Now I'm getting old enough myself. I just I can't keep up with all like I'm not on TikTok. At some point, I feel like you just have to be like, "Hey, uh, I'm on too many social media apps. I'm probably going to stay on Twitter, uh, and uh, and I'm not sure that I'm going to be super active on any others." But that's kind of an interesting universe, and I would analogize it with the the anthem in general. Yeah, it's a good example. And, uh, you know, go back to your original question, do I think it will phase out? I think the one thing to keep an eye on is, and this is kind of where we're at in the country, it takes one person to have a voice that matters or think they matter online, and it changes everything. So eventually, if everybody stops kneeling, then all of a sudden LeBron or somebody has an issue with it, then I believe we could go back to a point where all of a sudden it's, it becomes brave just to stand again. So I, I, I agree with you overall, but I'm not ready to say it's totally good. On you, play. you know how cautious these athletes are about their reputation. So much of it is driven through online social media. Uh, well, who's your favorite Major League Baseball team? Do you have one? Well, it was the Tigers, but they've been in last place for the past couple of years. I kind of had to retire that fandom. So I'll go, uh, let's see, you're a Braves fan, right? I think you kind of adapted the team. So I'll, uh, I'll stick with Tigers, I guess, because I haven't really um, changed my fandom yet. Yeah, so I switched over to the Braves because of my 10-year-old, who's a huge Braves fan. But the reason why I was asking is, okay, let's presume that it's actually good weather in the spring in Detroit, which oftentimes it's not. Right. Would you be comfortable going to sit in a crowd for a Major League Baseball game if the weather were decent, like I'm not talking about it being 20 degrees and cold, but that's a nice stadium in Detroit. I've been there. My wife is from Michigan, uh, outside of Detroit. It's a fun place to go watch a game. Would you be comfortable yourself going to watch a game outdoors? And how crowded would you be comfortable with the stadium being? Assuming again, let's say it's 65 degrees and sunny for a game in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. I think by then, uh, there was just a report uh, a couple of days ago. We wrote about an outkick that, you know, by April, we could reach herd immunity or, you know, yeah. something. So, Wall Street report. Journal, Wall Street right. Journal editorial, a Johns Hopkins scientist, uh, doctor, said absolutely. that based on the number of people that had had COVID and the fact that we've uh, inoculated 
somewhat over 60 million people that he believes the reason why the COVID cases are collapsing are is because of herd immunity. And he thinks by the end of April, basically, COVID is done as a major storyline in the United States. Right. I think um, once we reach that point, I would have no issue, really no major concern about going to a baseball game. Now, now again, um, everybody's situation is different. If you're elderly or have the underlying condition, I can understand. But, um, you know, luckily I don't have either of those problems. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely feel comfortable. And tell you the truth, Clay, um, I hope we get there because I miss not going to a game last year. I'm not the yeah. biggest baseball fan, but going to a game, especially on a nice day, you know, getting uh, your hot dog and seeing everybody interact, having fun. A baseball game is one of the few places that you go to and you look around and everybody's happy. Yeah. That is so rare in this country. You go to a store, you see a lot of frowning faces, people on their phone looking in distress. A baseball game, everybody is happy. Now, even a football game, you can say, well, everybody's happy, but they're also on edge because the game matters so much. You see yelling, cheering. Baseball, everybody's sitting back, relaxing, enjoying themselves. As a country, we need that. That's exactly what this country needs. Yeah, I'm excited to go. Uh, to I'm, I'm going to take my 10-year-old down to the Braves, hopefully sooner rather than later, and watch games. We stayed in a hotel next door where we watched the game take place uh, inside of the hotel room, and that was always a little bit silly based on the rules because you could watch the game on a jumbotron right outside of the stadium doors uh, with a lot of crowd around. You could go to the bars. You could go to the restaurants. All of that was permissible. You could even go to an escape game, uh, which they have all at the Battery there in Atlanta, but you weren't able to go into the stadium itself, which made absolutely no no sense to me. We're talking to Bobby Barak. Um, so the, the question that I started with that I was going to bring you in on is we had a little bit of a debate on the show, and you cover media for OutKick, about the most influential radio person ever. And I say ever, and what I really mean is oftentimes in anybody's life that exists now, because ever, I mean, you know, in the 1920s, there were radio programs before there was television, 1930s. But I mean radio in the traditional way in which we think of radio, not in the context of it being basically a television program that's audio only so people could sit and listen to it. Who would you say is the more influential uh, person on radio Rush Limbaugh or Howard Stern? Is there anybody else that you would even put in that category? No, those are the two, but quite frankly, I actually don't even think it's a debate. Let me break this down. So let's go through Howard Stern's legacy. So he was a phenomenon. He did things on radio nobody ever has. There was so much of an interest to say, well, what is he going to say next? How is he going to sound? All the FCC violations. It just, it just had an impact that spread all around the country. He had such massive success. But when you say influence, he didn't really have any influence because – no one ever – he didn't open any lanes. If you look at Rush Limbaugh now, he was the reason not only that there's Sean Handy, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, all these talk radio stars, but Clay, he also had an impact on Washington, D.C., our political landscape. I mean, so many people pointed out that before Rush, the GOP was really struggling, fighting back in Congress. He gave them ideas. I wrote it in my piece last week, and so many people had told me this when I was speaking to them, you know, moments after Rush died, hours later, they go, a sitting Republican president could not win the election unless they had Rush Limbaugh's support. They could not have an agenda, have a policy that he didn't 
tell his viewers was a good one because so many millions of people tuned into Rush every day because they listened to him. He was their voice of reason. He 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 told the country storyline that other media outlets, like back then the newspapers, would not cover. And it, it goes well beyond just conservative versus liberal. Well, I look at Rush Limbaugh as an independent thinker. He told the country, well, you're able to cover stories that other outlets won't cover. You're able to take a stance that's not popular. You're able to go against the critics. And what I always say, he showed the country, he showed media outlets, radio hosts, that being yourself, connecting to an audience, has way more value than having an Ivy League education, using fancy words, talking down. Rush Limbaugh didn't talk down to his viewers. He talked to them. And that genre was so popular that so many people followed in his path. I always go back to this. Whenever somebody's great at something, you always want to say, well, who's next? Or are we sure he's the best? LeBron's changed. Jordan, Tom Brady chased Joe Montana. Mahomes is going to chase Tom Brady. Nobody chases Rush Limbaugh. You could make a case the second and third most influential, popular talk radio hosts ever are Sean Hannity and Mark Levin. Both have said, not just this past week, but for years, they're not trying to be rushed because they can't be rushed. They're just trying to be number two, an alternative, because Rush was in his own league. Howard Stern did not have that impact. He's a legend. He's on the Mount Rushmore. But Rush's legacy transcends radio, politics, everything. Clay, I don't know how much you listen to Rush. I think a lot of you know your willingness to go against the grain or even create outkick as something that's different than what was out there before. I don't know if there's a path for that without Rush Limbaugh showing people that, yeah, there is an appetite for what, that, what the mainstream media is not providing. It's interesting. I've never been more thankful that I started OutKick than in the last uh, four or five years with what I've seen going on in the world of sports and in culture in general. But it's not as if I saw this coming when I started OutKick in 2011, right? We're almost coming up on the 10-year anniversary of OutKick. When I started OutKick, I just thought that the teams and the sports that I cared about the most weren't being talked about in the way that I was used to talking about them. And uh, and that was often in a fun, entertaining, effervescent way. And uh, and what's happened is so much of the universe of, of of conversation and debate has been curtailed, and there just aren't very many independent voices that are left. And so I would be so frustrated. And I think about this uh, quite a lot. If I were just still a practicing attorney, uh, you could be successful as a practicing attorney. And I know a lot of people out there are listening, but you're worried all the time that you can't say what you actually think for so many different jobs out there. And the one that I would probably have if I weren't running a media company and doing this radio show would be attorney. And even for jobs like those, you're worried about what you might say on social media and how people are going to react to it. And I I just, I had this conversation with my wife and she said it a lot I've never, some people like it, right? Some people go to therapy, whatever it is, makes you feel better. I've never felt the need to go to any kind of therapy because for what I do as an adult, I get to say exactly what I think every day. And I think a big part of why people go to therapy is to be able to often say exactly what they think and they don't know where they can say it now. And I feel like incredibly light on my feet every day after I finish the show 
because I've said exactly what I think about virtually every issue under the sun and people can agree or disagree with it, but I don't feel like I'm pulling any punches or reading what else is going on in society and constantly having to bite my tongue or being one of those people, and I'm sure there's a lot of you out there, that draft a tweet or a Facebook message or an Instagram post and then you hit delete because you're afraid of what the reaction might be if you actually put it out there. And, you know, this cancel culture growth, the identity politics universe, all of that, I feels like has led to an era where people don't feel comfortable saying exactly what they think. And I do believe that a guy like Rush Limbaugh, whether you agree or disagree with him, and also Howard Stern, they expand the universe of what is acceptable conversation on the radio in a way that certainly has benefited me and countless others. Yeah, and I think the best compliment that I've gotten since working from Outkick, and you know, it's almost been a year, it's come now, I think nine, ten months now, is that people come to me it's always privately because they don't want their name on it, which I get because especially what's going on now, and they're always like, "You're so right, Clay's so right," but every you know, people agree with us, but they can't say it because it's not accepted, and that's I think what Rush showed is that there is an appetite for that. You might not think it because Clay, not everything you or I write or say is going to get the most comments of people agreeing. A lot of us get people disagreeing, but you know, privately, we get DMs, phone calls, and texts of people saying, "Yeah, we agree." And to me, that's way more important than some random Twitter account, you know, saying how racist something is or how much that's being taken off, uh, you know, how much that's being taken offline censored all that stuff because those guys are saying things that are accepted online because it's the easy way out but saying things that are true that are important to say that no other outlets covering it i think that is the importance of outkick and i think that was the importance of rush because he was the first one ever to do that agree with him or disagree there's no denying that he said what he felt and i think that's why he was such a threat to the mainstream media is because they all had to watch everything they said. They had to, you know, critique their writing and take out words that might be too harsh or reword stuff to make sure it's safe. He didn't do that. He went on for three hours every day, no guests, no editor, said exactly what he wanted, and it made him the most successful radio host since the day started. I mean, he passed away last week. He was still number one. So this is a, a big picture question for you. Audio space. Audio space is actually kind of hot right now. There's all these different uh, new companies where conversations are taking place. I think there are a lot of people out there that are not enamored of video conversations because they have to constantly worry about what they look like. (laughs) And and I, I mean, I think there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now that are like, man, if I have to have another Zoom call and worry about what the angle of my face is going to be or what shirt I'm wearing or remember to even to put pants on, uh, right. When you're inside of your own house, as opposed to having a phone conversation or an audio conversation. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of excitement in the audio space right now where there seems to be a lot of interest. Where does audio go from here? Would you buy stock in podcasts? Would you buy stock in, uh, in uh, subscription-based podcast networks? Would you buy stock in traditional radio? How do you think in the years ahead people are going to consume their audio content most consistently? Yeah, so this, this question is interesting. I've thought about it a lot just the past couple of months, really years. Um, so you're doing a radio show right now, and like uh, other people in sports, like notably Colin Coward, successful terrestrial radio shows that also are available in podcast form. That's right. Which is really open a lot of listeners. Both both you guys have radio shows that in podcast form do very well. Now, moving forward, 
I think you're going to have that, but it's going to be in reverse. Westwood One has already started doing that, doing this, and I think it's a really innovative model. So what they've done is take popular podcasts and simulcast them on radio. So it's a podcast first, radio show second, because I think as the country moves forward, you're going to have more and more people watch shows on demand. So even when they're in their car or whatever, they're going to choose podcasting. So they've done it with Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, and Michael Knowles. They are airing their digital podcast from earlier in the day on radio through all their affiliates. I think it's a very smart model. Now, you asked me, would I buy stock in podcasting? I would say no. I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, only the top 1% of podcasts are truly making a lot of money. Now, sometimes that can shift depending on what kind of ads you have and who you're doing business with. But you have to have a pretty successful podcast to make money. And, Clay, there's so many already. I mean, if you look through the sports podcast, there isn't a lot of room in order to get a successful podcast going, you have to take listeners, arguably, from other podcasts. That's why I think it's going to be hard for people to just launch podcasts out of nowhere and catch lightning in a bottle. That's why I keep going back to these OTTs, because you're much more dependent on subscriptions and ads. Now, some OTTs also have ads, but if you get people to pay per month, like Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, HBO Max, you're going to have much more money and freedom because you don't have to answer to advertisers, and you're also able to build other shows. So I, I, would, I think we're heading to a place where the big names are going to have successful podcasts, and that's where probably a lot of the money is going to come from. But I think people on the middle ground or middle class, I think you're going to see them have more success on OTTs where they can follow and lead into hosts that already have an audience. But a good example is this. Um, I think Colin Coward might be the most popular sports radio host right now. Um, you know, In podcast form, a show would do better following his on an OTT because his audience is already consuming it than telling them, hey, go open the Spotify app, go search this name. It takes a lot of work. People have to have a lot of interest to do that. So it's a big question, but I would say overall we're heading to a place where the big names are going to have podcasts that could be a simulcast on radio, but you're going to see a lot of people more to the OTT, whether that be like you're seeing Fox Nation do that, Peacock, they have a talk hub, um, and Peacock also, remember, they launch a sports channel. So if you have a sports podcast with NBC, you're more likely to have it behind the Peacock paywall than just free all across the podcast providers. Good stuff, man. Uh, we are launching, by the way, as many people out there listening know, our own OutKick OTT po- uh, podcast audio universe, uh, which will uh, include my show and then the new guys, uh, Chad Withrow, Paul Kaharski, who's going to be on next hour, and Jonathan Hutton. They launch on March 15th, so we're eventually going to have 13 hours of daily programming that people will be able to consume as well, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Bobby, good stuff. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it, my man. Yeah, Clay, real quick on that, I think that's such a good point because people are going to be able to leave that OutKick OTT on all day. It's not like they have to listen to a podcast, then go find another one. They can leave that OTT on all day long in the background, and that's how you build continuity with the audience. That's true. OutKick.com, you can hang out there. Uh, Bobby Barak, I appreciate it as always, my man, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, Clay. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. L-A-S-I-K 
LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply what's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters learning to fish like a local with fishing booker hey jonas knox here with fishing booker there's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide with fishingbooker.com you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips use fishing bookers easy to use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trick of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy a lot of people Interesting opinions about why the U.S. women would fight so hard for the right to kneel during the national anthem. And then as soon as they get that right, they then come out and say, basically, well, the time for protesting is over. Now it's about action. And they think that protesting is just a sideshow by taking a knee during the anthem, which is interestingly what many people have been saying for several years now that this is just a carnival sideshow and doesn't actually do anything. And I'm fascinated by it because I do think, as I was just talking with Bobby Barak, I was thinking about it a little bit more, but whenever something becomes super popular, the people who are the rebels don't want to be doing whatever is super popular, whatever it is, right? Uh, Even soccer fans in general, 
You notice how soccer fans, like, they like soccer as, like, it's got a popularity to it, but it ain't the NFL, right? Soccer fans are sports hipsters. They aren't necessarily the same diehard for other sports as they are for soccer, and they're both incredibly proud of that and simultaneously incredibly insecure. They're neurotic, right? Anytime we talk about soccer on this show, soccer fan is like, talk about us more. Why don't you talk about soccer more? And then as soon as you talk about soccer, they're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not sophisticated enough to talk about soccer. It's the most neurotic fan base that is out there, perpetually unhappy. And I think that ties in with this U.S. women decision, which I'm going to talk about this a little bit more to start off the third hour of the show. But in order to be rebellious, you have to have someone who is opposed to you. The kid who was the rebel in your high school was not well-liked by the teachers and the principal in the school. If he were, he would not be the rebel. And what I find so funny about much of sports right now is the people who are like, hey, we're the rebels. They aren't actually very rebellious. In fact, they're being encouraged by the owners, by their bosses, in order to rebel. Whether you agreed or disagreed with Colin Kaepernick, his initial act of protest was rebellious. People in positions of prominence did not like what he did. That was rebellious. Deciding to follow Colin Kaepernick at this point, however, and kneel for the national anthem is the exact opposite of being rebellious. When the valedictorian is uh, being honored on the stage for how remarkable their performance has been in the school year, nobody's like, man, that valedictorian, they were the biggest rebel in the class. No. They were the, uh, the person who was probably willing to follow the rules more than anybody. The principal probably loved your school valedictorian. The principal probably loved the school teachers did as well. That's not rebellious. And so I'm going to talk about this a little bit more at the start of the third hour, but I think what happened is with many of these athletes, I think initially they loved the attention of being rebellious, and then when all the leagues are coming around and they're saying, yeah, let's protest more, they're like, wait a minute. Like, this has just turned into a sideshow. And you're seeing lots of people kind of talk about that sideshow. Now, Dub, we were talking off air. You have your own theory. You think it's just like as soon as Donald Trump lost, all the athletes stopped caring about protesting. Yeah, that's kind of that was my initial kind of knee jerk reaction, if you will, because for why the U.S. women's soccer team, which fought so hard for the right to kneel, and now they're like, well, it's time to stop protesting and actually start doing action. And I don't think there's anybody out there that would dispute that if an athlete wants to try to make the world a better place in their free time. Go do it. But I just think it's, it's, it's really fascinating to see how quickly this story has shifted and how embraced it is by corporate thought. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. If everybody agrees with you, you're not much of a rebel. 
And that's what often happens to the counterculture is the mainstream grabs the counterculture and takes away any of their initial cachet because there's money to be made on the counterculture. It's like when Colin Kaepernick has his own flavor of ice cream and he's throwing up the black power fist on the side of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, it ain't very revolutionary anymore. I don't remember uh, very many civil rights icons getting their own ice cream. Like, that is when corporate is all in bed with you when they're like, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to give Colin Kaepernick his own ice cream. I don't remember Huey Newton with the Black Panthers having his own brand of ice cream. It's like walking around with a gun. One hand, he's got the gun. Other hand, he's like, and meanwhile, while I protest, I like to eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That would have been a bit incongruous back in the day. So corporate speech has so embraced quote-unquote rebellious speech that I think it's making it not cool. I'm going to explain it a little bit more to start off the third hour of the show. By the way, we're joined by Paul Kaharski in the third hour of the show coming up as well. NFL Hall of Fame voter, break down all the latest NFL stories. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy that. That is where we are headed. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Avito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.